0: When Joy became a Christian, her husband contemplated divorce.
1: I think that God just really used Focus on the Family um, and your guys' ministry to grow me and um, prepare me and um, guide my heart to
0: live out um, in front of my husband what it means to follow Christ. I'm Jim Daly. Together, we can strengthen marriages like Joy's and give families hope. Donate at focusonthefamily.ca slash give.
2: do believe that there is value in writing it down and putting it before God and praying about it and and asking the question. I do believe that. So we need to make sure that when we are saying these are my goals, it can be for your benefit as well as the kingdom's benefit. But if there's anything on there that is not of the kingdom's benefit and only for yours, then that needs to be off the list. That's something you need to deal with God on.
1: Well, that's Kathy Lip, and you're going to hear more from her on today's episode of Focus on the Family with your host, Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, I
0: think most people, if not all people, have big dreams of some sort. I mean, mine in high school, I really wanted to play college football. I wanted to yep. go to the pros and all that. Then bones begin to break, <laughs> you know? separated shoulder, broken clavicle and it just didn't go the direction i thought it would mm-hmm. but that was a dream of mine every summer when i smell that cut grass i think of football yeah and i loved it it was it was important to me
1: i think for me back back in the day it was i wanted to be a professional photographer i wanted to, to you know travel the world and do kind of national geographic quality pictures, and I realized I don't have that in me. And I can so see that, though. I mean, you that. have it in you. It's just a matter of expressing it. You do some I do some on the side
0: still, yeah. That's yeah, great. Today, uh, we're going to talk about hopes and dreams and maybe give you some encouragement if you feel a little bit stuck in attaining some of those unrealized aspirations. Uh, This is an area in which we really need to seek God's direction, especially when we have dashed dreams. Mm -hmm. And we may even get to the point where we stop dreaming. I don't think the Lord wants us to do that. He wants us to continue to think and dream big. Uh, The best way to do that is by spending intentional time in his word and seeking his direction for your life. And today, Kathy Lipp is going to
1: inspire and encourage all of us in this area. Yeah, Kathy is a favorite guest here on these Focus on the Family broadcasts, and she's married to Roger. They have four adult children, and she's a popular speaker and author. And here's how the conversation with Kathy Lipp began on today's episode of Focus on the Family.
0: Uh, Kathy, before we dive into some of your projects and what you mean by dreaming big, uh, I do want to hear a little bit of your story because as authors, so often we write out of our pain and out of the things that we learn. Uh, What's your story when it comes to dreaming big?
2: Well, when my kids were little, when I was kind of in that mops age of mommyhood, I really discovered that I enjoyed speaking to groups. I never thought that was something I wanted to do. In fact, the first time somebody asked me, I said, yes, because I'm a people pleaser. Then I went and threw up. Oh. Uh,
0: well, I would think not yeah. most, most people don't like speaking in front of groups. So it's that's... the
2: number one fear in the United States with yeah. number two being death. So that gives us some perspective. <laughs> Is of that what... true? It's absolutely yeah. true. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So when my kids were little, though, I started trying this. I started to do some speaking and I really enjoyed it. And then in the midst of all that, uh, a marriage that I had been praying for, desperate to hold on to and wanting so badly to work ended up failing. Mm -hmm. And it was the most devastating time of my life. And I figured it was time to stop dreaming and start to get to the business of life, mm. and ended up moving in with my parents, getting a full time job with two kids. With two kids, mm. I, I was very fortunate that I had that soft place to land. And even though I gave up on that dream, um, God didn't give up on it for me, and mm. kept putting people in my life, kept putting desires and dreams uh, in me. To go and do this, to go and speak to groups, because I honestly thought once I had gone through this divorce that I was no longer useful to God. Hmm. Kathy,
0: you're saying something that's going to pierce a lot of people's hmm. hearts, because unfortunately, that's part of our culture. Yeah. Um, you know, the no fault divorce environment that we're in. And it has swept away a lot of Christian marriages as well. Uh, during that time, to go back, how many years ago?
2: that was 10 years ago
0: that had to feel like such a valley i can't imagine especially if you go into that first marriage uh, with the dreams of lifelong commitment and all the things that you hold close in your heart then you hit this wall it it has to feel like a desert a valley you're never going to come out of it how did the lord uh, still inspire you to get up the next day
2: Well, there were a few days that I didn't get up. I'll be very honest with you. Mm -hmm. I went through some very deep depression. I went through... Because this is not what I had ever imagined. When I got married, I got married forever. And when that was no longer the case... I got to a point where I really did feel like I was in a desert place. And fortunately, God kept surrounding me with people who were praying for me, encouraging me and could see God's best in me when I couldn't recognize it at all. And so through that experience, God just kept lifting me up and building this floor underneath me while I felt like I was sinking. It was the hardest time of my life, but it was also the time I was closest to God. Okay. Now,
0: people are going to say, oh, wait a second. Because we live in such a happiness culture. Oh. How can that be? How can you be at the hardest point of your life and feel that close to God?
2: Because I had nothing else. I had Mm. nothing else. And I had always been able to puff myself and prop myself up with great friends and great kids and activities and busyness at church and all these things. But when everything was stripped away and it was just me and God, I had to get down to the business of really saying, do I really believe this stuff I've been talking about? Do I really believe that God cares for me deeply and wants the best life possible for me? Or did I? just believe that because circumstances had gone a different way that God no longer cared for me. I was just going to say in in that time of
0: despair and depression that you're experiencing I'm sure you didn't feel that. You had to work through that. How long a period of time did it take you to feel like, okay, God has me in a good place.
2: I would say it was probably a good three and a half years. Yeah, that That's a
0: long time. It's
2: a long time to – because I cannot say that I felt God's presence every day. I felt – a ban- God and I had some big old arguments for a while. And do, you,
0: do you feel uh, it's good for people to be open with God that way emotionally? I, I
2: think he's a big God. He can take – all of this. He Mm. can take all of it. And I did not always go with the best attitude, but I think the thing that really saved me in all of that is that I showed up. I showed up and said, God, I don't trust you today. I don't believe in you today, but I want to get to the place where I believe in you and trust you. Will Mm. you help me get to that place? Will you put those people around me? I'm going to read your words. And so many times I would go read God's word and I felt like it was written for somebody else completely, Mm. or even in a different language. It didn't make sense to me. But as I kept going back and struggling through to get to the other side where I could meet God again, he met me there. Mm. He met me there in a powerful, powerful way. And I think that it was, while it was the hardest time of my life, it also was the thing that I can always look back to and say, God met me where I was at. Mm. It was me staying away from God for a long time, but when when I was finally there, God met me there.
0: Hmm. That finally there, mm-hmm. was it a feeling like you were whole? What do you can you remember a day where you actually woke up and felt like, wow, I'm whole. I'm healed.
2: I think it was gradual. I started to notice that things in my life that I didn't trust God for, I would, instead of worrying and trying to work hard to put them back together, I would pray and then sometimes worry and work hard to put them back together. But God was an active part of my life. And as he was pulling me back together, that's really what it felt like. It felt like I had been cut up and I was being stitched back together. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like on a quilt, you never imagine that that quilt is a full piece of fabric. But I really believe that God made me more of what I needed to be through that desert experience. And you'll always see the scars. I, you know, I have to be open about this really tragic time in my life. But what I can be even more open about is how God used that time to draw me closer to him and make me eventually become that whole person. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so much of the world, those that don't know the Lord, don't have a relationship with the Lord, when they look at us Christians... Um, Uh, My sister's an example. Mm -hmm. She took a long time to come into a relationship with the Lord because she thought she had to be perfect. She had to clean up her mess. Before she could be worthy enough. That's not the gospel message, is it?
2: It's not the gospel message, but it's the message most people outside of Christianity and inside believe that, okay, I'll start praying again when I get the rest of my life together. And God doesn't want us to show up like that. God wants us to just come with our entire mess and be there with him, because the only way we're going to find healing, the only way we're going to find peace is through him.
0: Well, this is good to share that background, because when you wrote the book, The Me Project, 21 Days to Living the Life You've Always Wanted, uh, that had to feed into it. I mean, most people would be a little skeptical of that. And what do you mean, 21 days?
2: Right. Come on. Right. And the Me Project, let's just be honest, it's kind of a provocative title. I get that. But we have this illusion that we have control over other people's lives and... And, you know, as your kids grow up, you realize you have some control, but not a ton of your marriage. You have some control, but not everything. But me and my relationship with God and where he wants me to be, I have a lot of input into that situation. And so, yes, it came from a lot of this brokenness, a lot of this hurt, where I said, I've got a very short time here on earth. What do I want to do with that time? Where does God want me to spend that time? Because that's something I do have a say in. And so I didn't want to waste any more time. I didn't want to waste any more days just getting from day to day to day. I wanted to constantly be in front of God and say, what do you want from me today? I'm showing up for duty. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to be?
0: You talk about uh, journaling, a 50-50 journal mm-hmm. in the book. Tell mm-hmm. us what you mean by that.
2: Well, a 50-50 journal, I decided one day to write down all the things that I'd ever thought about, prayed about, felt God nudging me about, or just felt like, hey, I want to try that someday. And so I wrote down 48 things that came under that heading. And then because I'm kind of a perfectionist, I added two more because 50 sounded better than 48. And I figured I probably at that time, if I am blessed by God, have 50 more years on this planet. So if these things are going to happen, they need to happen in that time frame. So I just wrote this down really as a prayer list and saying to God, I want you to sort through what is for my benefit and what isn't.
0: Now, that 50-50 journal idea, as you write those things down, again, it's not based or rooted in selfishness. It's not, Lord, I want to do these things to a degree. It's really helping you filter those important things you should do.
2: Right. And I'll be honest with you. I wrote down from the silly to the sacred. Give us examples. Well, I said I wanted to be on TV someday because I had this little (laughs) inner thing inside of me that said I would like to try that someday. And God, you know, allowed that to happen. I wrote down that I wanted to have a close, Christ-centered relationship with my husband, Roger. I wrote down without any expectation of it happening that I wanted to have a close, Christ-centered relationship with my stepkids. I wrote all these things down. And some of them I wrote down like, yeah, that's never going to happen. But – I wrote down that I wanted to write books because I felt like God had put something inside of me that could encourage other women in their walks as well. So
0: even doing that, you wrote The Impossible. I did. Not even believing. So it was a step of faith.
2: It really was. And I really wrote those things down saying... God, I don't know if this is something you want for me. This isn't a magical wish list that I'm writing down, thinking as long as I write it down, if I think it, it's going to occur. I never believe that. But I do believe it's okay to bring every request to God Mm. and say, you know, God, this is something that's been on my heart or something that just seems like it could be fun. But God, don't give me anything you don't want me to have. Mm. I want to see. And it's been amazing to see God work through that list and see the things that have happened that... If I had not written them down, I don't think I would have recognized that they were directly from God.
1: This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
2: Stock up on Adventures and Odyssey albums with Focus on the Family Canada's download sale. Download all your favorite Adventures and Odyssey albums and save up to 37%. This summer, the whole family will enjoy listening to wit, connie eugene and all the lovable characters of adventures and odyssey don't miss out on focus on the family canada's download sale it ends july 5th buy now at shop.focusonthefamily.ca that's shop.focusonthefamily.ca
1: looking for advice on how to become a better parent or perhaps some tips on keeping your relationship with your spouse fresh and exciting Focus on the Family Canada invites you to join listeners from across the country as they tune into the daily broadcast with Jim Daly and John Fuller. Get the free app for your Apple, Android or Windows mobile device and receive inspirational, godly encouragement when you need it most. Get the free app today at focusonthefamily.ca slash mobile or visit your Apple, Google or Windows app store. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
0: You know, Kathy, I'm thinking of the 50-50 journal and uh, you know, writing 50 things down that you want to achieve over the next 50 years. A lot of moms are just saying, I can't get through the next five minutes. Yeah. I mean, really?
2: Yeah, my big goal is to sleep through the night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. How, how do they absorb this and actually <laughs> give it a try?
2: Well, I think it's really important to really understand what stage of life you're in. I speak to young moms on almost a weekly basis. And what I tell them is, this is what I call your laying down tracks time. And what I mean by that is there's this great little story about a place in the Alps called the Simmering. It's between Venice and Vienna, and it's an impossibly high and steep part of the mountain. But the people of Venice and Vienna laid down tracks between those two cities before there was a train in existence that could make the journey because they knew someday that train would come. Hmm. And so I tell women who are in that mothering, who are saying, I'm just, I can't put on clothes today. I'm, st- I'm in my pajamas and it's four o'clock and you want me to have goals. I say, this is your laying down tracks time. This is the time where you maybe you only have five minutes, but you need to spend that five minutes pursuing something, maybe it's looking up an online class for college, and you're saying, I can't go to college, I have small children. Well, just know what class is available. It's taking those five, those 10, those 15 minutes, and saying there is something that is outside of All my other relationships that God has impressed on my heart, that I need to spend a little time exploring, understanding, and maybe that's not even the direction you're going to go, but it's so important to be faithful in taking those steps. How do you figure out God's will for your life? I think, well, wow, well, you know, that's the million-dollar question, isn't in two it? Two minutes or less? Please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought I
1: just
0: popped that out there.
2: Wow. Okay, the president of Focus on the Family is asking me. Uh, I really think it comes down to understanding those desires that God has put in your heart. I think it's really saying, God, you know, you've put this desire in my heart. I want to understand how to live that out, and. I think that God uses circumstances. I think God uses people. God uses the reading of his word and prayer to really change the way that our heart feels about those goals. And I think it's really important to know what you're not supposed to do, too. I think as a young mom, I saw other young moms doing things. and I thought I should be doing that. Things like scrapbooking. Yeah, you know, all these women had these uh you know, seven thousand dollars of scrapbooking material right. and I thought, if I'm a good mom, I need to have a scrapbook. So I bought the scrapbooking stuff and it was it has sat under my bed for five years. Oh, my wife
0: Jean would be laughing right now. She's in the same boat. It's, it's too crazy to do it right now.
2: Exactly. And so you have to revoke my good mom card. That's all there is to it. <laughs> I tell my kids if you want a beautiful scrapbook, you should probably marry somebody whose mom does that kind of <laughs> or, thing. Or
0: pay a mom that can do exactly. it exactly, or, or start now
2: because exactly. you can do it yourself. You know, there are all these things out there that produce so much guilt, and guilt is not from God in mm. these circumstances. God does not want you to feel guilty about not having a scrapbook. <laughs> there are certain things you have to do for your family that are a joy to do, and they are a blessing. We get to have these kids for a little while, but there's a lot of things that we are doing because other people are doing them, mm. and they create the expectations in our own if lives. If
0: you were to lay a percentage on that... Just Just off the top of your head, what percentage are we comparing ourselves to others and building that expectation?
2: Would you say I'm crazy if I said between I think 65 and 75 percent? No,
0: I was thinking 75. Yeah, so, uh... I
2: really do. I think that we look, and it's so easy with social media to get into that place. Oh yeah. You know, you look at Facebook, and nobody's posting about their kid's tantrum. They're posting, you know, they're reading at one and a half. It's and the you're...
0: honor roll list.
2: Exactly, yeah. and then we get onto Pinterest where we see everybody's beautiful, beautiful homes, and what we don't realize is that laundry room that picture that they <laughs> created cost seventy thousand. We compare to everybody else, and we come up lacking, and God is not in that.
0: Kathy, the comment about God's will for your life and what is it, I tend to look at it more like a sphere because when I worked in industry and business, um, I was trying to do ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to lead people to the Lord. I was trying to make relationships count for God, even in doing business. And uh, I came to the conclusion that I think the Lord's will for our life is to Uh, Do that each and every day, no matter what we're doing. I think vocationally, he's far more at peace with uh, letting us be happy. Choose something that allows us to have joy, but wake up every day wanting to do my good work. And I think if we come in with that attitude, I think that helps us because I think especially in your 20s and 30s, you're Mm -hmm. saying, Lord, I've got to be doing exactly what you want me to do. And we put a lot of stress in that. And I I just don't think that's the Lord's desire for us.
2: I think there is so much freedom in what you just said there because of those expectations, because – When you have your best friend who has her life figured out, she's known since she was two what she wanted to do, and you're still trying to figure it out. I think there's some beauty in that mess. I think there's an opportunity to say that, you know, we always pray that God would make our paths clear. And I think sometimes the path isn't clear. And that gives us an even more of an opportunity to build that relationship with God when you're not really sure of what the next step mm-hmm. is. And so I think there's a lot of freedom in what you just said. Uh, that does
0: play against the goal idea. And I, I do want to mm-hmm. dig into that a little bit okay. because having goals, as you've said in your book, The Me Project, 21 Days to Living the Life You've Always Wanted, uh, there is a certain goal orientation to that. There's personalities that that really like I'm more like that, that like a goal orientation. Mm -hmm. What is it I'm trying to hit? Mm -hmm. And then there are other personalities that they really run from that because it's creative their personalities and they don't want to be structured in that way and they feel greater freedom do you have to know your personality type in order to dig into this or? i think
2: knowing your personality type is just a huge huge benefit in this because when i look at my family we have every personality type in there mm. uh, you know i have a son whose motto is why stand when you can sit why sit when you can lay down uh, he you know any Extra effort, but... He's a gifted writer. And if he didn't have some goals for himself, he would be missing out on something that brings him so much joy. And so I think even that more amiable person, the person who maybe is not as goal driven, they recognize the need for goals in their lives, but they're going to be very different than somebody like you or me who's very driven. You know, it's a different looking thing. It helps to know your personality, but I think we all can use some short term and some long term goals in our lives. Mm -hmm.
0: How does materialism? We live in a very materialistic culture, and our goals can often be woven with stuff. You know, uh, my goal is to get a bigger house. My goal is to have a bigger, better car. Uh, those seem very superficial, but people do in their heart of hearts that they're honest. Those are things they want to do.
2: Well, and I think our first step is to be honest. You know, a lot of Christians would say that doesn't mean anything to me, but we know deep in their hearts. And I think if you write those things down and say, God, you know, I am struggling with this. I want to pray over this. I think we we really need to approach these goals with an open hand. Mm -hmm. When you're holding on to something, you don't have the freedom to say, God, whatever your will is, that's what I want to pursue when you're holding on so tightly to a goal that you will ignore God's will for your life so that you can have that goal, I think that's when we get into a lot of trouble.
0: For a goal-oriented person, when they fall short in meeting that goal, mm-hmm. your 50-50 mm-hmm. list, you yeah. know, I've only got one of the 50 done and I'm right. 49. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, i got yes. a lot of work to do. Yeah. It, it can rob you of your joy, I would think. Where do we get joy as goal-oriented people?
2: I think as we start to clarify and really root out those things that God does not want on our list, and I'll be very honest with you, I've crossed out a bunch of stuff. As I've matured in my faith, I've realized this is not something that is for my benefit. It's not for the benefit of the kingdom. We don't need so that. So it's not
0: important to you anymore. It's
2: not important. God has changed the shape mm. of my heart mm. to care for other things than those things that were on my list. But I do believe that there is value in writing it down and putting it before God and praying about it and and asking the question. I do believe that. So we need to make sure that when we are saying, these are my goals. It can be for your benefit as well as the kingdom's benefit. But if there's anything on there that is not of the kingdom's benefit and only for yours, then that needs to be off the list. That's something you need to deal with God on.
0: I like the beauty of the clarity that it brings because writing it down does help you clarify what's important to you, even if you have to scratch something off.
2: Right. Absolutely. Because otherwise you have all these things poking around in your head and there's this quiet dissatisfaction in your life mm-hmm. where you're like, there's things that I've wanted to try. There are things I've wanted to do. There's nudgings from God. But if you've never taken the time to write them down, they're just swimming around you. And there's that quiet dissatisfaction you go through life with.
0: I would imagine some people uh, are squirming because they're not goal-oriented. And they believe in a theology that, that would suggest that I just wake up this morning and the Lord will show me exactly what I need to do today. Um how about that argument that, boy, this sounds so tight that how does the Holy Spirit work in our lives?
2: And I'll say, if I'm making it sound tight, then I am saying it wrong. I think there is so much freedom in this. And I don't think you have to stick with 50. I think you could have four. I think you could have 400. It just depends on the kind of person you are. But when we are not saying that we have goals, I think we're lying to ourselves. We have goals that are unspoken and unwritten, But when we start to say, I just want to show up every single day and do God's will, well, that's a goal. That's a goal. Mm. And so what do I need to do to become more of that? And a lot of my goals are things like I want to develop that habit of prayer Mm. that has sometimes not been a part of my life. I'll be honest with you when, especially when I've gone through some tough stuff at first, I, the prayer is my last resort and I want prayer to always be my first resort. And I've noticed since I wrote that down, I have, and I write down under that goal where I've had victories and where I've had failures and I've seen my progress in my relationship with Christ. Mm. It's not a check mark. It's a relationship. Right. And so that's where the beauty comes from.
0: Kathy Lipp, author of the book, The Me Project, 21 Days to Living the Life You've Always Wanted. This is good stuff. I've got to admit, it's much deeper than I anticipated. I'm
2: so glad. thank you for bringing it. Oh, it's been my pleasure.
1: Well, I really appreciated uh, Kathy's emphasis on the spiritual aspects of life, particularly as we try to achieve those dreams that we may have put aside or given up on. And I hope you've been encouraged to make some goals and get back on track to dreaming big with God. And if you'd like to follow up, we do have some great resources for you, including, of course, Kathy's book, The Me Project. Uh, Donate today and ask for your copy when you're at focusonthefamily.ca. Or you can call us. That number is 800, the letter A, and the word family. 800-232-6459. We'll plan to join us tomorrow as we hear from former NASCAR champion Darrell Waltrip and his wife, Stevie, They'll be sharing about how God works in their marriage. Our God's a jealous God. You will put no gods before me. The races I won, the things I did, it was things that I had done, and I I wasn't giving God any glory. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for this Focus on the Family broadcast. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.